welcome everybody back into another episode of Two Fat Guys in a Dream. Of course, I'm your host with the most dream of Steam Machine Steen. As always, I'm joined here by my father, Scott Steen. Scott, how are you doing? Doing well, Truman. Uh, Post-holidays, and uh, I'm excited to uh, be back at it. I'm excited to be back on the journey, man. I feel that. I'm, I'm glad to be here, honestly. I'm glad to be back in this kind of rhythm. We kind of fell out of that rhythm, and, you know, it's one of those where... Uh, it's, you know, you, you think about, oh, oh dieting, uh, eating healthy, it's all, uh, you know, it kind of wears on me just a little bit. And then you don't do it. And you're like, man, I kind of miss this. You know, again, we're going to talk about this a lot. Actually, today we have a little bit of an interview. I, I don't want to uh, get too far ahead of ourselves. But, you know, you don't miss it. You don't, you don't hate those things as much as you thought. And you don't miss the things that you stopped doing as much as you, or they're not as nice when you go back to them. So, we can talk a little right. bit more about that. But, Scott, wel welcome, everybody, into another episode of Two Fat Guys in a Dream. Today, we're going to catch up. We're going to uh, do, do go over our weight, talk about uh, how the holidays went. I think we both backtracked a bit. We're going to talk about where we're starting here and kind of the, uh, the revamp after our holiday break here. And then uh, we actually have a very special – we have an interview, our first ever interview for Two Fat Guys in a Dream. We're interviewing uh, your buddy, Gary, who lost over 100 pounds. Right at 100, yeah, exactly 100 pounds, yeah. And you're going to find out how fast he did it, how he did it, uh, what a lot of his motivations for doing it. It's it's a great story that has really uh, changed a lot of my perspectives on how I want to attack this and what I what this should mean to me. I got to tell you, he was, he was a great guest. The, the dude should be a motivational speaker. Yeah. You're going to hear the interview in a minute. I literally said, hey, tell us your story. And like a half an hour later, uh, we're like, okay, that's a cool story. And right. yeah, we did. He need, we need, we need more listeners, Truman, because we need to share that story. It's a great, it's a great story. I'm anxious for everybody to hear it. Right. So without further ado, let's get, let's get into our weight. Uh, let's get into the bad news first before we get to the great news of that interview. Uh, Scott, I'm going to start here. I weighed in this morning. We weighed in, uh, it's Thursday, uh, was it January 11th, just for everybody keeping up. I weighed in this morning, 254.4. <sighs> Okay. Not the best, not the best. I uh, so that means I gained seven point about seven and a half pounds over over our holiday break. We took about, you know, I thought about it. I think you're right. We took about five weeks off, just about maybe mm -hmm. four to four to five somewhere in there. We took off uh, about mid December till now. We're uh, like I said, January 11th. We're recording here, so we took off about four to five weeks. That means I gained about a pound a week. And I, I'll tell you, when we weren't recording, I was, uh, I, I relaxed it certainly around the holidays. I wasn't getting to the gym as much. I wasn't, uh, I ate, you know, I indulged in a couple things I normally don't indulge in and it, it shows, right. You know, I'm back up to 254. We talked about how, when I broke 250, how big of a, how big of a goal it was that I got through there. And now I have to look at myself and say, man, now I'm back over that. And, uh, I'll tell you what, I want to be back under it. <laughs> It's, you know, I, 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 I miss how my clothes felt when I was under 250, when I was around that 245 mark, uh, getting, totally getting the, that 10 pounds heavier. And you're like, man, my clothes do not feel the same way. And I do not like how, uh, this feels or what I got to worry about. And I, I miss not having to worry about that. So absolutely true. Now, Truman, uh, for those regular viewers and listeners to our show, they know that I am a man of extremes, that I have very little margin for error. And when I put on weight, uh, it comes in bunches, and a huge bunch came. I think, I think as I sit here today, Truman, I'm 30 pounds heavier than my lowest that we were doing in the diet. I think I was at two, I think I was at 292 at one point. I may have been 294. I can't remember how low I got. I, but as I, we, I think you were 290. Yeah, you were 292, and I believe that was right. No, that was was that when you got sick. No, no, that would have been legit. That would have been somewhere in the summer. Because I know yeah. when I, I went to I went to Baltimore right around my birthday, and I was under three hundred. So I think a, few, a couple of weeks after that, you're right. Uh, I, think, I think I lost weight in Baltimore. Oddly enough, yes, um, it was episode twenty seven. You were at two ninety two, which I was at two forty five, and I was just at two forty three. So I was definitely I would have been in just getting back from Colby, Kansas, probably beginning of September. Okay. Yeah, that sounds. Day, about I imagine. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, I have I, I have completely fallen off the wagon, um, and you know the thing is, I wasn't eating crazy. Nope. I wasn't like 
eating fast food and just pigging out on shit. It was, you know, but we'd have we'd have sweets around. We'd have a couple things. I'd eat too much. It was just it, it's amazing how little margin of error I have at this age. That everything, you know, people always joke like, "Well, I look at a piece of cake and gain five pounds." That's the fucking way I feel right. doing this. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's a I, I don't feel like I've eaten bad enough to gain 30 pounds, but, you know, the, the scale, she don't lie. She yeah. don't lie. She no. don't lie. Well, and, and, and what I did is I also, you know, I, because I was still, I, you know, when I say I relaxed and I wasn't doing as well, you know, I aimed to go to the gym four, four to five times a week. I just was getting it two to three times a week. And then I had like one week where I didn't go at all. But, you know, so right. I was still, so that gives me still a little bit of that wiggle room even when I was falling off, that I don't fall all the way off if I'm still, you know, doing some amount of exercise. And I will say, you know, I really started getting back into this about a week ago, about a week, week, week and a half ago. I was heavier. I was closer to 260. And now I'm back, you know. So that is the benefit of all of this is that your body wants to snap that way, right? It wants to snap back to the healthy uh, side of that. And that's what I'm realizing, you know, when I got back into this rhythm of eating healthy, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm losing like a pound a day, a pound and a half. You know, I'm like, I'm getting a lot closer to where I want to be real quick. So that's well, and I did the same thing uh, nine days ago on the 2nd of January. Mm -hmm. uh, I was 225.8. So uh, and, it, and I've actually put a, like uh, about a pound and a half on the last day. But uh, I've right. still lost three three point two pounds in nine days. So you're 322.6 this morning. I don't know if we ever said the number per se, but oh yes. You know, I said 30 pounds over 292. Yeah, but for those that are math impaired, yeah, 322.6 yeah. uh is exactly where I sit as of today, Thursday morning, January the eleventh. Um and we that is and that's one of the things that was one of my requests. I wanted to get on a regular schedule with with weighing and shooting. Because yeah. we were kind of getting to the point where like, well, we're we're going to shoot, but we're, we weighed last week and we're talking about what was six days ago, but this week isn't going to, so this is going to be as much in real time um, as we can get it. So well, uh, funny uh, story, I, I was going to yeah. say the, the week, the week before Thanksgiving, I kind of realized I was going off the rails. I was at 350, I was at 315.9 mm -hmm. and, and I, and I, and I, and I said, okay, what if I just from here on out uh, lost two pounds a week? And the weird thing is, and this was totally unplanned. Uh, I ran through it. I, I ran through the rest of the year, and I ran through all of 2024. Uh, I would weigh under 200 pounds on January the first, 2025. Uh, you lost yeah. two pounds a week from here on. Yeah, lost two pounds a week from the 17th of of November, right? Uh, so since then, uh, I have put on <laughs> 11 pounds. So, and I'm actually tr I'm actually keeping track of how on track I am. And I am now twenty two point five pounds over my pace. I say you're so, going to lose about what two and a half. It was, it was about around around two yeah. around two and a half, give or take. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. By January first, yeah, or two point four five. So, but I, you know, again, we've talked about this. When you when you make the commitment, it should come off easy. Yeah, you know, the first the first fifteen twenty pounds should come off easy. So I'm I'm planning on catching up there, but I I can't get discouraged. Um, I've, I'm 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 ready to do it. So. Anyway. I'll, tell, I'll tell you what, you know what's going to have you even more ready to do it? Because I'm feeling more ready to do it after talking to him. Let's play the interview. I think, it, again, one of the more just – it puts everything in perspective. It gets, it gets me right. It, I, I was thinking about having my normal – you know, I, I normally treat myself a little bit on a Friday morning. I goes, it made me want to, you know, not even think about it. It made me – you know, sometimes I get a diet soda. It makes me not even want to get a diet soda for caffeine tomorrow morning. You know what I'm saying? That's how that's how good this interview is. I don't want to over. I I don't think I can overhype yeah. it. I I just I know what it meant for me. I don't know. You'll see me on the camera. I feel like I was having just realization after realization where he's saying things. I'm like, damn, that's right. Damn, I've heard that. You know, and I just I was quiet for a lot of that interview, and you'll just see me. It'll it, you'll see it hitting. Listen, let's play the interview, and we'll come back after that. But uh, without further ado, here's uh, me and Scott talking to uh, Scott's friend Gary. My friend Gary Gretencord. Yeah, enjoy. All right. We have a uh, a new segment we're going to do this week. Truman, we have a interview that we're going to do uh, to start the new year. And uh, this is somebody that's going to, number one, tell us how he did it. And he's going to offer us a little bit of advice on how he thinks we should be doing it. And to call this guy my oldest friend in the world would not be hyperbole. This is somebody I, I grew up with. I've known since I was, uh, I don't know, 10, 9, one of those numbers. 
uh, now making his home in the beautiful Southern California. I'm sure it's beautiful this time of year. It's a million degrees in the summer. Uh, but he's fresh off a hundred pound, hundred pound, hundred LBs, Truman. Weight loss journey. Uh, it is my friend and hopefully soon to be yours, Mr. Gary Gretencourt. Gary, how are you this evening? Doing great. How are you guys doing? Uh, fine. Now you're in, what are you in? Calexico? Calexico, California. Calexico. And then it's Mexicali on the other side, right? Yep. They're, uh, sister cities. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes if we could just get your zip code, your street address, <laughs> you're just you're asking a lot of questions. I just it's a lot of. Oh, wait, wait. Look, you just the zip code is D O X. Oh wait, don't do that. Okay, go ahead. Are you uh, are you you're still in that cul-de-sac? I assume. Good. Um, no, it's good to have you here, man. And I know you got uh, a kickstart to your journey, if you will, that all of us hope not to get. You got it, and you responded. Very well. So, Gary, tell us your story. Tell us where you tell us what you were doing, and tell us how you got to the point where you are right now. Well, in a nutshell, uh, I had a double heart attack. Uh, the first one, I wait. You have two hearts? Use... Nope, just the one, and it did it twice. Okay. And the first one is um, one of those, you know, that they always talk about. Feels like a, a bad indigestion. I always, I would relate it, saying it feels like a, a baby, a full-grown baby sitting on your chest the whole time, but. I had done everything that would have brought that up to feel like that should be normal for what I did. Uh, Cause I had lack of sleep, got up early, drank three times the coffee. Um, so with about four hours of sleep, played uh, 18 holes of golf, came home and ate a spicy lunch uh, with a lot of uh, sauce, tapatillo, Mexican salsa on the, uh, the lunch. And, and so naturally about an hour and a half, two hours later, I had this beginning of what felt like a bad heartburn. So of course I played it off as heartburn because everything, Seemed like that would be natural. Sure. Uh, three days later, I was not doing well. This was back in May of uh, 21. Three years later, I mean, three days later, I was um, actually feeling a little worse. Two days later, my family said, you really ought to go to the ER. And I was like, no, if I don't feel better tomorrow, I will. Uh, woke up. It was Sunday the next day. I couldn't even do the normal chores. Um, I just felt that bad. I said, let's go. In fact, I felt so sure there was a pretty good problem there that um we packed as though i might be staying a little bit and i get to the er and uh, l central which is just north of us um and they test your blood for something called troponin because they they thought well maybe i had a heart attack and the blood test came back positive uh, they said you were six zero 50 times too high of the troponin you had a heart attack and you probably had it three days ago thursday when you felt that indigestion begin i said what's next they said well normally we would take you to san diego we don't do anything here you're going to need um, everybody to uh, get, assemble a team and uh, actually go up your femoral artery and check out your heart arteries and see where the problem lies. And I said, okay, so you don't have that here. He says, no, we we're going to admit you here overnight if we have to. Since it's Sunday, we probably will and take you out by ambulance tomorrow. I said, okay, my wife can't take me now. I said, you had a heart attack. You're going nowhere. And boy, was that prophetic. My wife says, okay, we're going to San Diego, maybe today, no later than tomorrow. I'm going to go home and pack and come back. So about a 15, 20-minute drive south and back. And she's on her way back, uh, still maybe 10, 15 minutes out, uh, arriving back at the uh, ER at the hospital in El Centro. And the baby got knocked off my chest, and the elephant took a seat. So right then there in the ER experience was called a massive heart attack. And uh, when they say it's an elephant on your chest, uh, believe me, they know what they're talking about. I'd always assumed an elephant on your chest would be painful and quite discomforting and a lot of pressure, but I didn't assume the obvious. And the obvious was something I didn't think about. How the hell do you breathe with an elephant on your chest? So I'm struggling for the tiniest, I mean the tiniest gasp of air. Um, telling myself, don't pass out. This is something you may not wake up from. So I fought it. Uh, my wife showed up and realized all hell had broke loose. And now, of course, before she even arrived, they called the helicopter team and assembled a stat uh, get ready team over the hill in San Diego to uh, attend to me quite quickly. So that ended up with six days in the ER, uh, one stent in my right coronary artery. And uh, they're telling me uh, I'm basically diabetic because if you're pre-diabetes and have a heart attack, you're diabetic in their eyes. And that was when diabetes was seven 0.0 and above on the A1C test. Uh, that was in May of 21. By September of 21, 
the American Diabetic Association lowered that, just like they keep lowering our weight standard. Uh, uh, not the American Diabetic Association, but the other people that lower the weight standards every seems like every few years uh, to 6.5. So 6.5 and above was then diabetic. So my my new goal was you need to be below 5.7 to not be pre-diabetic A1C. So I was like, okay. And um, so they had me on, I want to say, a dozen medications for coronary and um, uh, diabetes. And then I got a dietitian coming in telling me, here's what you got to do for diabetes. Of course, it's a low carb um, and it's um, uh, basically uh, very healthful in its own right. And then the coronary team's coming in and they want low uh, fat triglycerides and uh, they want um, a low cholesterol, the bad uh, low cholesterol. And uh, I said, can we meld these two diets together? And they apparently, I'm going to say it's probably, you know, hospital regulation, lawsuits, Lord knows what. They said, um, we can only tell you what each one says, and you need to put them together. So finally, I cornered my uh, uh, cardiologist from the hospital in the ICU, and I said, look, I'm looking at a modified Mediterranean diet. And that means Mediterranean diet seems to allow for some potatoes, some white rice, egg yolk, a little more salt. I'm going to eliminate those things from the Mediterranean diet and then stick with that. There's no white bread or anything like that either. And he, I, I go, does that seem to take care of both sides of the coin? He says, since you said it, I can say, I like what you're saying. I said, there you go. And that's what I've been eating ever since. The modified Mediterranean. Because a Mediterranean diet, here's the, here's the joke on that. Uh, every, anything you eat is your diet. But the difference is most diets are fads. And fads are roller coasters. And roller coasters, everybody knows, are horrible rides for your body. They're just, they say it could be worse for you than to not diet at all. So I knew this, and that's why I never lost the weight. I was weighing 275 uh, at six foot, and I carried it everywhere. So when they say just the visceral fat, the rollover belly, boy, there's a fierce sign of a heart attack waiting to happen. And I thought, well, I'm carrying it everywhere, and I did not have a rollover belly. Um, it was spread throughout, you know, bigger cheeks, everywhere. And Heck, all of it. And, and that may be true that the odds go up if it's just visceral fat, but I, I think genetics play a huge role on my mom's side that exists, uh, the coronary disease. What so, di- what was your diet like before? What would a typical any, day consist of? Any damn thing I wanted to eat. Fried chicken from Kentucky Fried with the potatoes and gravy, okay. uh, you know, um, burgers anywhere. Uh, whatever it was, I'd eat it. Tacos. So you, were, you weren't doing anything. You had no thoughts towards... Uh, no calories no. in any kind of anything like yeah. that. Okay, and on top of just the diet, I also wasn't performing any regular exercise. I always felt like I kept moving a bunch, like I was not winded going up and down stairs. Uh, I played golf a uh, reasonable uh, once a month, once sometimes twice a month. You're walking? Uh, no, I wouldn't do anything. Then. No, you didn't. You took a card on the course. I pretty much lived in the car for most travel. Yeah. So no, the cart, well, your yeah. golf cart. Oh, yeah, the cart. I'm sorry. You're talking about golf alone. I thought you meant walking for health. No, yeah, golf alone. You know, we always cart it, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. You still get a certain amount of walking in, but you don't yeah. do anything. You walk the well, when time. you play like I do, you get a hell of a lot of walking in, even in the cart. But. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, you also you also get a lot of fine and speak. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, but, but, but apparently it's a vertical game, not a horizontal game. Who knew? Oh, that's what they say. But, um, so what happened to me in a nutshell is uh, my wife paid attention to what they were feeding me in the hospital because they had to match both diets of coronary uh, issue right. and, um, and diabetes. And what happened also is I was lucky. I got to uh, University of California, San Diego, which is in La Jolla, and they're a top-notch, uh, top-notch cardiology unit there. So I was really lucky that you know, I ended up there. More so, you guys will love this as a quick story. Um, they had just been, uh, and I don't think they were ransomware. I think they were just hacked and, and, and screwed. Um, we have two hospitals down here. We have the El Centro, which is where I went, which is a little closer. Brawley is about another 15 minutes north of El Centro, and they have their own hospital. Now, Brawley's buddies up with Sprint in uh, San Diego, and El Centro was uh, teamed with um, uh, UCSD La Jolla such things and Hillcrest also is another UCSD but they didn't have the coronary so they're good for head trauma for example but so what happened is I went to the right hospital because apparently they had just slammed script 
with uh, an attack and they weren't going to be able to accept patients anyway. Oh, good. So man. I'm glad. You know, so I, I was lucky. I went to El Centro and ended up at the right place. So well, my wife geez. followed the diet. She watched what they were feeding me. Okay. We agreed to the modified Mediterranean. Came home and that's all I've been eating. Hey, you, you know, and you, uh, how long did it take you to drop the the hundred pounds? I dropped ninety five pounds in the first five six months. The first five or six months. Wow. Ninety five pounds. Good lord. Good yeah, lord. I went from two two seventy five. To 180 in the first five to six months. Yeah, that's pretty. Unbelievable. It was that's unbelievable. It was a rapid. I couldn't believe the weight loss. Well, for you to understand, the first month or two, I wasn't eating very well. Yeah. I was one. I was one beat puppy. Yeah. When you have a massive heart attack, you are weakened and a mess. I was here, like you know, my summers. I was turning the air to a higher temperature so I could stay warmer in the house. I was cold and wearing a sweatshirt in the summer in my house. Wow. I was so weak. You know, was I, weak. I had a I had a buddy of mine that I worked with that said one time that like uh, for every every day you're in the hospital or you're down and not able to do anything it takes two days of recovery. And I think and I think that's probably pretty close to right. If you're yeah. if, if you're fu- be, if you're fucked up for two or three weeks, it's going to be a month month and a half before you start feeling. Yeah, deep. I was in the hospital for six days. They were all in the ICU, and that would have been two weeks max. I should have been back to par. No, it. I didn't start feeling really decent again until five, five and a half months after the, 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 the massive. Oh, it took that long, huh? I was saying the ICU, yeah. I imagine you could just do a month per day. I, I, don't, I don't, you know, that's not just your, your average uh, hospital yeah. stay there. Yeah, I think that, that would be closer to true. Yeah, that's probably, yeah, the, pro- the formula probably differs a little bit there. So for sure. And, uh, and I also got lucky because they, they informed me on day two or three, hey, you got AFib. And I said, I never had AFib. I, they said, we, normally this happens when you have a massive. We're going to put you to sleep for, believe it or not, five minutes. And um, we're going to paddle you. And normally it just normally it happens perfectly. If the reckless circumstances, it doesn't. And they apparently did that, put me to sleep, paddled me once. Um, and I've never had it since. But, of course, they've had to monitor me, uh, monitor me within the first year of releasing the ICU. Including one week where I had to wear around uh, a device to monitor my heart full time because the cardiologist that I see here locally said, We don't want to see a moment in time. We want to see the whole week and we'll know if you definitely got rid of AFib completely and it's gone. So I was very fortunate there too. And I basically got a do over. And this is something you got to really take to heart. And anybody that would dare watch this to take to heart. If you get a do over, don't be an idiot. Take it. See, the cardiologist here in El Centro said, If it was your left side of your heart, there's usually ongoing problems, ongoing medications. Uh, we would know you had a heart attack on your left side, but on your right side, other than you have a stent, and there's another nice thing. They were able to put one stent in. That's all I needed. Um, do the femoral artery, no open heart surgery, no cutting my sternum, no messy thing like that. And she said, we wouldn't even know you had a heart attack with that on your right side six months later, except for the stent. And I thought in my brain, she didn't hear me think this, but I told her later, you told me basically, I get a do-over and I'm going to take it. I had a guy behind me that I worked with who was in the office behind mine with doors open. We'd often, you know, we got, got along great. We were both in the Intel office and he, um, he had a bad diabetes, bad, still type two, but top of the line type two. And he would still eat anything. He was just eating whatever he wanted still. And I said, what's wrong with you? I said, you were a, you were a Marine. Now, I was Air Force. You were a Marine. Where's that Marine dedication? Things at your diet, mister. You're, you're eating a regular rolled-up Mexican taco, and you're sweating bullets because your body's di- dying trying to process even that. Stop it. And he wouldn't do it. And I realized, well, what, am I going to give this guy advice and then uh, 10 years later, 12 years later, not follow my own advice? Well, hell no. Yeah. I changed. No. I changed. That's fair. That's fair, that's man. Right. That's that's a that's a hell of a journey, and and losing it that fast. That's a that's pretty incredible. That's it, did you did you increase your exercise or? Well, I guess you said you didn't feel good for five or six months. So by the time you started feeling good, the weight was gone. Yeah, I had nothing to do with exercise on the original ninety five pounds of loss. Wow. Huh. And then and remember that would have been May to let's see June, July, August, September, October, November. Yeah, before even the first of the year of twenty twenty two. And between then and this, I want to say maybe November of this year, just a couple months ago, somehow another five pounds came off. But 
It's also because I start walking instead of because I will not walk in the summer. It's too hot here. So I do a station. I do a stationary bike and I do 45 minutes of cardio either way. And I either walk two miles or I do a 40, uh, about 10 and a half miles on the stationary bike. And they're both 45 minutes. Um, maybe walking just did more, but it also might be that we're having a nice cold winter and, you know, you burn calories with the cold and I'm not eating anything extra. I'm not eating more because of that. Right. Um, and maybe that's where I lost it. I don't know, but I am, I am down to, uh, this morning I woke up, I weighed 174. Okay. So graduate. That's my high school, my high school weight. Is that right? Hey, that's 63 and a half. And that's my high school weight. That's unbelievable. So let yeah. me ask you this. You listened to our show. You've watched our show before. Um, what, what is your advice for us? What are, what are we, what are we, because we are starting the show back up after about a five week layoff or, uh, I don't know. I don't even know. It's, it's, it's like three weeks. It's not... Three weeks. Is yeah, it just three so. weeks? I, I think it's longer than I think so. Yeah, anyway. right, right, right. All right. But Sorry. so we kind of felt, at least I did. I don't know how, I don't even know what Truman's weight is, I, but I fell off the wagon seriously over the holidays, put a bunch back on. So we're rededicating. So what would be your advice going forward? Uh, for me specifically, and if it applies to uh, somebody younger, that's great too. But what would be your advice uh, for me? My advice for you is the same advice I give to Truman and everybody. And the younger you do it, way to go, you're smarter. Because my problem is, the reason I never did these things is I thought I'd get away with it. No different than a cigarette smoker would say, I'll be the one that doesn't get heart disease or lung disease from this. Well, good luck with that. You're, you're rolling the dice, you know, it's, it's Russian roulette. But um, I thought I'd get away with it. I look more like my dad. Uh, his side of the family has uh, none of that. Uh, it was my mom's side that did, but, you know, when it's all said and done, we're 50-50 from both parents, and I probably have, you know, some of her buildup in my coronary issue. It's clogged that artery. Fortunately for me, they had to check all the other arteries. Everything else is uh, okay. Um, and um, my advice is, we're all stupid, including I was. We're just stupid, and I'll tell you why. Let's say you go out because you have just enough money that you can afford the best Ferrari you've always dreamed of because somehow you've just dreamed of this top-notch Ferrari. You go buy this new Ferrari. You can afford the insurance. You can afford um, the, the maintenance, the upkeep, and you were able to afford the car. Uh, if you were fortunate enough, are you going to just go give it shit gas at the pump? No. No, you're not. Are you going to just give it average service and maintenance? No, you're going to make sure they take care of your baby. And yet here we are looking at the world's greatest Ferrari ourselves. Because guess what? We can't trade it in. We don't get a, uh, a new one. This is it. This is our Ferrari. And it's worth more than any Ferrari. It's the only one we've got for life. Now, people, yeah, people always say, do you want to, oh, so you, how long do you want to live? And the answer to that should always be, as long as I have quality of life, I want to live lengthy. But right. if the quality of life is gone, I don't really care to live anymore. Now, I don't. you guys don't live in a right-to-die state. We do. Uh, two doctors can sign off and you're gone. And I, I think that's spectacular, and I'll tell you why. We do that with animals. We call it the humane thing to do, coming right. from the word human. Coming from the word human, humane, and yet we won't do it to ourselves. Ridiculous. Um, oh, so, I, watched, I watched my dad go through it. He would have done it in a heartbeat. And, and my brother, and I, I my brother in Florida got to a point where he, he would have done it at some point. He wouldn't have went all the way to the end with his lung cancer. No way. Right. No way. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard on the family. It's hard on those around you because they get to suffer longer and greater. Yep. hundred yeah. percent. All right. So well, you had an opinion about our incremental way that we're doing it because I won't say we're half-assing it, but we're trying to incorporate our diet into regular life and, and leave a little room. Um, and I know, right. I know at one point, you had an opinion on that method. What was that? What was that opinion? It's not at one point. It's an opinion I'll always have, and I'll keep. It's there's no such thing as a diet. A diet is a losing proposition. If you look at it from the term we use for commercial dieting, but the word diet, as in this is what you're eating and drinking, that form of diet, we all know what we're basically doing was wrong or it's still wrong if you're still doing it. There's nobody in the world that thinks eating the things that people eat, for the most part, is healthy. 
almost all fast food, most of the foods at restaurants. You don't see, where's, where's the modified Mediterranean diet restaurant? Well, guess what? It's not going to make enough money. You know why? Because most people don't treat their number one best Ferrari they could ever own well. They're taking the best vehicle they've got, the only vehicle they got, and they're treating it poorly. And I knew I was, but I thought I'd get away with it. So my opinion, and this is what I told you and I'll tell anybody, is it's not come say, come saw. It's a switch. It's an on-off switch. And you've got to flip that switch. And it's got to go on full-time. You're done. You're done with the games. Same thing if, if you want to quit cigarettes. Same thing if you want to quit anything. Now, food's the hardest. Food is the hardest because if you quit heroin, if you quit cocaine, if you quit cigarettes, you can stay away from them. Right. But you can't stay away from food right. because you have to eat to live. And that's the problem. That so if you, have, yeah, if you have any type of a food addiction in any form or habit, that's going to be really hard unless you flip the switch. We don't give ourselves enough credit to what our brain is capable of on the switch. If you really say, I'm done, and you flip the switch and say, I'm not going back to that again, it works. Yeah. Now, my doctors are all amazed. I'm such an exception to the rule. My cardiologist, my family physician, they all say nobody could do it. Even uh, uh, another doctor is a friend of mine. He's a, uh, a pediatric surgeon. I'm sorry, uh, not pediatric surgeon, podiatric surgeon for feet and ankles. And he he couldn't believe it. He goes, I can't do it. And he's a doctor. He's a surgeon. He goes, I can't do it. I can't do what you did. I said, can't is the wrong word. <laughs> it's won't because it's a choice. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, I told you, I told you we were going to get some tough love, buddy. No, I believe I, told I'm, I mean, and it's, it, and it's a great point. Even you talk about, you know, quitting cigarettes or quitting uh, heroin and all those things is that uh, the way that, you know, a lot of people, uh, once they quit, they get out of the situations of the, they stop hanging out with the people that they were doing heroin with. They don't go outside with their smoker friends, but as society food, fast food and all those things, that's, it's such a, everyday part of society you know you drive down the street there's a mcdonald's on every corner there's you know your buddies uh, you're at work and somebody says well let's just go out and grab a bite you know it's look it's donut day somebody brings in donuts it's worse than that it's worse than that you want to go on a cruise you got the cruise buffet you want to go on a vacation yeah vacation's always going to be about food oh is that a family reunion there's the food again oh it's everywhere I have, you can't it's kind of like cigarette smokers who try to quit and someone goes come on have one you don't think I don't experience that with the food? Right. And they'll say things like, we well, can have a small bite just to taste it. And I'll go, tempt me not. It's I've like, had that. It's like you live I've in a house. It. It's like you live in a house where a bunch of people do cocaine. And you're like, all right, I'm not going to do cocaine anymore. But everybody right. around you, everywhere you right. go, they're all doing cocaine. Well, and it's the right. same thing. Just you, you give a up. little. You just just you like the right. smell of it, you know. Just, just have an order. Of, just have a couple of fries. It'll be fine. Yeah, my son. My son does that to me. He eats absolutely everything, and I, I was eating it with him before the event of the heart attack. And and yeah, I, and here's the greatest thing. I still say the best people that ever quit smoking cigarettes can hang around somebody that smokes, and even have people offer them cigarettes. In fact, someone would even carry a pack to remind them there it is. But you know, you don't want one, do you anymore? No, you're done. But here, you got as a reminder to remind you. That's poison. Stay away from it. Speaking of poison, it's another good way to look at these foods. Let's say you're a cigarette smoker, and they say your chance of, by the way, heart disease is the number one. People think it's lung disease. That's number two with cigarette smoking. Heart disease is number one. Mm-hmm. But let's say that uh, you start smoking those cigarettes when you're Truman's age or younger, and they'll go, okay, is Truman going to get sick from smoking cigarettes in a week? No. A month? No. Years? No. Decades? Yes. Several, many decades usually, at least three probably. Okay, what makes you think this bad food's any different? Look, even if it doesn't give you a heart attack, even if your bloodline, uh, Scott and Truman, it seems to be your bloodline seems to be that way, uh, that way, and that yeah. well uh, handled the coronary because it doesn't seem to run in your family. No, um, yeah. and you guys, are really yeah. Fought. I knew, yeah, I knew your parents, and they fought uh, obesity as well, and and but the heart attack wasn't a thing, so you've been blessed genetically with that. But does that mean you'll be blessed genetically with diabetes? Does that mean you'll be blessed genetically with the other ills that can come from bad fuel, which is the drink and food we're providing our bodies? 
And the answer is no, there's no guarantee on any of that. You're probably going to brush, brush up against some pretty bad things over decades of bad fuel for your body. And I say fuel because that's the liquid and the food. Absolutely. Right. Well, and, and the best part of it is that, you know, there is still food that is good that can be good for you. I mean, I think that's like I, I was having this this week where I wasn't eating because I was full. And that was the thing. And my girlfriend was eating McDonald's and uh, I was like in the car and she's like, here, I'll give you a fry. I had a fry. And when I sat there and I really, you know, if you're not eating anything else, if you're not having the burger on the side and then putting the fries in your mouth, when you're just eating a fry, you're like, man, this isn't how it felt this isn't this doesn't taste good when it's on its own this doesn't taste good if i'm not drinking that something else that's yeah it's like just greasy mouth and shit yeah the potato doesn't you know it's not good potatoes it's it's all very low quality and and when it, you break them down into their own components it's if you're actually trying to taste that food you realize how you know not good that food is and it's you know and like you said it, it tastes bad because your body wants to reject it it's the same thing with alcohol where you have to build up a tolerance to alcohol because it is poison in your body and that's why your body doesn't want to drink alcohol that's why it tastes bad that's why your body tries to not do it uh it's all the same with fast food if you really sit down and think about it it doesn't taste good and it doesn't make your body feel good afterwards but the more you eat it the the less you notice it and so when you're stepping away from it i assume it's it's also one of those where i know a lot of people uh, talk about it when they stop drinking soda you go back and drink soda and the soda's you're like, this is awful. I hate this. And I assume it starts to become a lot like that with uh, greasy fast foods and uh, things like do, that as do, well. Do you have, have you fallen off the wagon? That's what I was going to ask you. Have you had a, a cheat day or have you gone to a restaurant and said, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to have a burger or a steak or whatever. I mean, I know you eat steak, but. Uh, I can have a steak. Yeah. yeah so I, I, have you I, made, I, have you made unhealthy choices occasionally since you've been on your plan? Not once. Not once? No. To me, it's a switch. Yeah, I told you, it's a light switch. The light, the light switch has been flipped, and I'm done. Here's something I have that Truman wouldn't have. You would, Scott. I can look back and go, thank you very much. I've eaten that before. In fact, I could not, probably not name how many times before I've eaten that. Oh, he's I've been, eaten that. He's been giving it his best shot, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, I've eaten what have I not really eaten that I wanted to eat. Now, if you were to ask me, do I miss some of those foods? Not anymore. Maybe a little at first, but not anymore, because I know that they're poison. They're slow poison, but they are poison all the same. Well, they're right, not. Right. And we've said that before, because, you know, even, even as you say, we haven't totally flipped the switch, but we've eaten much healthier. So a lot of things I can, you know, like a donut that I love or cookies. And that is my philosophy. I've said it before. Well, fuck, if I haven't had enough donuts by now. Uh, I guess I missed my chance. Well, and you know? I think you, you missed the idea of the food, right? It's it's a, it's it's like breaking up with a with a girlfriend, where it's like, oh, she was the best, you know what? And then you and then you go back to your ex, and you're like, this is awful. I can't believe that's what I thought well, it was. Right. Look at it like look at it like this: if you uh, quit smoking cigarettes, or you quit uh, snorting heroin and coke or meth, I don't um, have to give those up now, do I? Yeah. We're not going crazy. Well, Hopefully not, because then you wouldn't be able to have all the energy for these podcasts. But listen, the thing is, is that if you did that, you gave up cigarettes. He's a fucking gave up sniper is what he is, Truman. He hides in the yeah. bushes. He's a fucking sniper. I'm up there slapping you upside the head. Gary's in the bushes. Yeah. You don't even see movement. All of a sudden, you know, you, fucking headshot. You're like, where did that come? He's gone. Forget about it. That's a strange. You're saying that someone did you're saying this to someone who has expert marksmen. So, yeah. Um, oh, you're, you're one of those famous Air Force snipers, were you? No, this was all is my other job. And uh, I believe it was two center mass, one headshot. I believe it's click, click, center mass, vertical tracking, headshot. And I had it down to a science. But here's the deal. Um, what we do is if you give up heroin, you give up meth, you give up cocaine, you give up cigarettes, Think of food and people go, oh, you can have a cheat day. Because if you don't do a little cheat, you're likely to, and you'll hear this a lot. You guys have heard this. Everybody's heard this. Oh, then you're likely to fail completely on your diet because then you're going to be bored with your food and drink. And you're going to give up on it in a matter of time. You're going to hate it. It's going to be too blase for you. I believe well, that's the point we've made often on this show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the answer is BS. It's the same as giving up cocaine, heroin, alcohol, cigarettes. If you go back and have a little taste because that's your treat, you've just done the wrong thing again. You didn't leave the switch on the other cycle. You, you brought it back down to where it doesn't belong. 
you either say no more poison because I don't smoke either. I don't do tobacco. I don't smoke. I don't. I saw you had a, a vape there, Scott. I don't vape. I don't do anything. I, I, I literally do treat my body. Sit in my fucking house and try to figure out Discord. Like yeah, like I treat my body like it's a Ferrari that I can ill afford to mistreat because it's the best car in the world. It's the only one I've got. How dare I mistreat it? And I did for a while because I thought I'd get away with it. If you get away with it, great. You could drive your Ferrari around and give it whatever poor service and regular gas and, and hope it worked out for you. And good luck with that. And and if it did, great. That's just me. Yeah, I can't do that anymore because I had my experience and I won't do it again. And when you see what the doctors tell you when you're seeing them. When I look forward to seeing a doctor now, when I used to hate to see a doctor and get his condescending bad news, you're just borderline everything, buddy. Um, it's the opposite. And the opposite feels good. And the opposite is true in my numbers. The only medicine that I'm on prescription is a uh, 40, milliga 40 milligram Lipitor every evening. And that's because I'm not a total vegan. I eat very lean meat, no fat, no grease. Um, I eat uh, egg whites. I eat uh, the healthy cheese, which is like mozzarella cheese and low-fat Swiss. So I have, uh, I get some dairy in me, like a triple zero yogurt and things like that. And and that, because I had the architect, they said, look, we're just going to make sure you take the Lipitor because you, you need that. So that's the only food I have other than a baby aspirin because I had the heart attack. And that's over the counter every day on baby aspirin. So and the baby aspirin is not going to really affect my numbers. The Lipitor may help my cholesterol numbers a little bit, obviously, with the beating down the low. And the high goes up due to the exercise. That's how you, you get your high up, which is good cholesterol from exercise. You get your low down lower, which is good by proper diet. And, of course, Lipitor helps. But right. my numbers are equal to – my numbers are equal to when I was – you remember me when I was 21, Scott? Oh, oh. My numbers are the same as when I was 21. I have super low blood pressure. I'm on blood pressure medication. I have super beautiful A1C and glucose. I'm not on any diabetic medication. They had me on them. I took myself off with their, I told them, I don't want them. And they said, you don't need them. Wow. That's excellent. That's a, you've, uh, you've come a long way since, uh, you know, Truman, I've always told you the story about the guy in college that set himself on fire with 151 rum. Uh, that's the yeah, guy. That was, that's the guy right that, there. I'm sure Truman, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they never believed that story that they thought I was exaggerating that somebody just poured it on their shirt and their shirt exploded. Well, you know, they Truman, your, dad cool. anymore, so. your dad is cool, but Richard Pryor at least understood where I came from. <laughs> it was, uh, well, the amazing part is he still wanted to go. It was a Friday night, it was a Friday afternoon, it was Friday early evening. He still wanted to go out and party after we, and I think, uh, now I think we need to get you over to the hospital. Yeah. So, yeah. And, that was and, a, now, and now your blood pressure is back to where it was at that moment. Right. It's, it hasn't been low since he set himself on fire. There's one way to come full circle here. I'm, I'm sensing. I don't know. <laughs> but unfortunately, they stopped making 151. My blood pressure was still low. But I was lucky. Back then, I was able to eat whatever I wanted, and it didn't show, but I was also very active. Uh, right. Obviously, you get older, get married, have children, work double shifts, and next thing you know, you know, you don't get away with all that. There you go. And yeah, then yeah, I I'm, think, I'm working out at 5 a.m., but I don't, have a, I don't have a kid to watch after or wake up early for. You know, I still have my 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. free, you know, so absolutely. Yeah, enjoy that. Um, but it, it, can be, it can be done. Dude, I, I, I appreciate it. If you don't flip the switch, you're you're messing around. You're messing around. Okay. You're, 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 you're towing around the edges. You're yeah. not trying to actually That's so why I, so I wanted to have Absolutely. you on the show, Matt. I wanted you to tell your story. And I wanted you to give us your opinion because you're a guy that's done it. And that's what we're going to try to make a commitment here with kind of the reboot of our show. We want to have some people on that have had some success. We want to find out how they did it. It's, it's a super interesting story. I, I doubt... No matter how many people we have on with great weight loss journeys, I doubt we're going to find anybody that did it faster. Um, well, and I will tell you this. Uh, the cardio for me is every day. If you ask me how many days have I been able not to do it for uh, a super rare circumstance, maybe once every four to six months. I, I, I mm -hmm. miss a day for something that comes up and there's no way I can do it. Well, I'm pretty excited. Our new place, we're right across the street from a park. 
of course it's uh, as you know as we do this right now it's about 15 degrees outside and there's a six inches of snow in the park so uh, obviously that's out but i do start still to get try to get my steps inside a pretty long hallway and anyway i try to i try to still get cardio in uh every day so there you go dude um thank you very much for doing the show gary uh we appreciate it yes and uh wish you obviously nothing but the best and continued success and you're reti- yeah, you're re- you're retired now, right, dude? You're you're you're, you're out. I was I, I was retired when I had the heart attack, and that's another reason why I probably flipped, flipped the switch. I was law enforcement federal, and um, I knew the uh, the death toll of retired law enforcement. Uh, the numbers are basically higher than anybody to, to die within the first five years of retirement because of the stress that they've taken throughout the job and usually a poor diet and lack of exercise. But a lot of those are, aren't there a lot of those self-inflicted too? There, a lot of them are, but a lot of them are also just health related because what they say, what they say, uh, uh, a law enforcement officer's um, food pyramid is uh, sugar, caffeine, uh, nicotine, and fat. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That, that, that sounds right, man. Well, uh, obviously, I made uh, I made light of your of your chair force service, but uh, seriously, uh, as we say to every veteran on this show, uh, thanks for your service, buddy. I know you uh, you did your you did your stint, and uh, and then you you spent a long time. Uh, I thought it would not be an exaggeration if I would just say help uh, help keeping America safe, because uh, you absolutely did. You, you kept some of the worst of the worst from getting in, so. You know, it's a a life well lived, and you're in your looks like chapter two is off to a great start. So thanks very much for doing the show. Congratulations on everything, buddy. It's always great to talk to you. You and I do try to stay in touch uh, every couple months or so, and uh, we'll be. I, I know we'd be rooting for the Chiefs with us this weekend. Yeah. Okay. What's your, um, what's your prediction? Because you know we do it. We do our football show too. So we, we okay. We, we I knew we you, didn't ask I knew you were going to ask that. I knew you were going to ask that, and that's a great question because let's face it, Buffalo still showed they can dominate Miami, but the problem is, is Kansas City has shown such mediocrity this year for winning their division, and they're so scary. But I just think this weather's going to favor Kansas City also over Miami. I think Kansas City wins in what should be a pretty close game. Or good? Do they do they beat the spread? I think Kansas City by four right now. Are they by KC by four? KC, let's call it KC by four. Um, what's your what's your if I, what's your play? If I had to if I had to go with the spread, um, I would probably take Miami because it's just going to be a close game, and I don't even trust the four points. Uh, Kansas City Kansas City's doing all they can do to get out of um, the, the third quarters and hopefully do great in the fourth. It seems you know the my, first three quarters. My man, threading the needle. Threading the needle, Chiefs on the money line, Dolphins to cover. Very nicely done. Gary, thanks very much. We appreciate you being on the show. And, uh, yeah, good luck Good luck going forward. I know you and I will probably talk again real soon. And, we will. And all that. So, take care, all man. Right. Have a great night. I appreciate it. Good being on with you too, Truman. Yeah, thank you, Gary. Take care. Right. And, and to anybody that does view this, I will leave the final thought. Your brain controls your decisions. I best. I, I think the smartest man once said, we are the culmination of all of our decisions. That's what we are every way, every way along the path. You have to make your own decisions. If you make one, stick with it if you mean it. Don't be wishy-washy with it. Pretend like it's a real battle. You're not going to go over to the front line and go, okay, I'm in the middle of this battle, and I'm just going to run out and get shot. You're going to think this through and be smart. Well, be smart with your, your life, too in this regular life. I'll right. leave it there. That's a good closer, buddy. Nice. Appreciate it, man. Take care, Gary. Yeah. Yes, take care. All right. Welcome back from the interview. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, really just a great, a great person to have on, a great person to put everything in perspective. Uh, you know. I'm, I'm not going to lie, Truman. I wanted to have him on for one reason. And I talk to him, like I said, we talk about, I don't know, once every couple of months, once every six weeks or so. Uh, he's, a, he's a night owl, and he's two hours ahead of me, so he knows I'm up late and mom's gone to bed or whatever, so we'll talk late. And he had said that about tough love, about flipping the switch. And I'm like, okay, if we're going to do this, I want to get that perspective. I, so I kind, of, I kind of fucking sandbagged you here, buddy. No. I, knew what he, I knew what he was. Now, the story, I hadn't even heard that story. I knew he'd had a heart attack. And, but I didn't know all the nuts and bolts. So 
yeah. hearing the whole story, that was absolutely new for me. But I knew what he was going to say about flipping the switch. And I thought that was, you know, I wouldn't say that's the most interesting part because it was all fucking interesting. Um, it's, it's, if you'll pardon the pun, it was definitely food for thought. So, yeah. I mean, it there was, you go. I mean, it, it certainly puts everything into perspective, right? It makes me not want to even think about cheating on it. It makes me not want to, you know, because at the end of the day, uh, when you're trying to get fit, you're trying to get healthy, when you're at these larger sizes, you kind of have to do it like it's life or death. And it's one of those things we talk a lot about, oh, actors lose weight in six months or they get all this fit because it's their job and they have a, but if you treat it like they do, where it's like, Hey, listen, you, you can think about it however you want. Right. They think about it. Oh, if I don't do this, I'm going to lose millions of dollars and get fired. Gary was thinking, you know, if I don't do this, I'm going to die. Right. I mean, it is life or death. And every day in a much larger scale, just like he kind of talked about with uh, fatty foods kind of being poison uh, or being, Poison. I mean, it is kind of po- it is poison, right? When it's- you look at ultra processed foods and the amount of ingredients and the shit you can't pronounce that's in there, I don't. You know, obviously, it's not like strychnine. You're not going to put it on your tongue and die in ten minutes. Right. But it's a it's a slow working poison. I don't think there's I don't think there's any question about it. And the more that comes out about processed foods, the more that that description is entirely accurate. Yeah, and it's all it. it at the end of the day, it is small life or death situations when you're eating these fatty foods when you're putting this stuff in your body you know it's not good for you you know it's not bad it's not helping you get healthier so it's certainly working against you it's making you unhealthier and and plot twist being unhealthier gets you closer to death at every at every step right here's the million dollar question because when we started this show part of the goal was to show that real people could lose real weight without completely modifying their lifestyle and just making a series of small changes. Sure. Was that the wrong approach, Truman? I don't, I'm not sure it's the wrong approach. I'm just we, not, both had, we both had some success, right. but obviously we, we hit a lot of roadblocks before, before this last purge on, or on my part, or opposite of purge, uh, the reverse purge. Um, but we'd hit lot, we'd hit a lot of plateaus. We'd hit a lot of uh, uh, random uh, obstacles in the way. So, is our way effective? Do we need to rethink it? Do we need to flip that switch? I think. Yeah. Or, more importantly, since I got thirty years and seventy pounds on you, do you just need to hit the dimmer switch, and I need to hit the fucking switch? I think no matter what, I, I, I think you have to at some point hit a switch, right? And Gary, and Gary makes a great point where diets, we talked about this before. The thing about diets is that it insists that there's an end, right? It insists that, okay, once I get to 200 pounds, then I can stop doing what got me down to 200 pounds. Then I'll be fine. Right. I'll, you know, I'll, right. But that's not how it works, right? He, no. it's, it has to be, and that's why he's talking about flipping the switch. He's talking about all these things. Because it has to become your lifestyle. It can't become, it can't be, oh, well, you know, I just have to do this for six months. No, Gary, Gary did lose 100 pounds in six months, but he's kept at that same weight because he never fought yeah. back, right? Because, right? because that diet is a 175-pound person diet. Now he's 175 pounds, and he keeps on that diet, and now he'll be 175 pounds as long as he continues to eat like that. I'll tell you, the most impressive part of that whole story is how many times have you cheated? None. So you lost a hundred fucking pounds, and you're like, you know what? A hundred pounds. I'm gonna have a burger. I'm gonna I'm gonna have an order. Of, no, 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 no. Didn't fucking do it, man. And and he That's, talks about it. You know, it's poison. And I imagine, yeah, you, uh, you know, I I mentioned it slightly, but I imagine when you st- when you cut out those unhealthy foods and you stop eating shit. And you start eating actual, real, good food for you all the time, every meal. That you sit there and you go, "Oh, this is good," and this makes me feel good. And then you go back and eat that burger. And again, I think it's like we talked. I had that fry, and I was like, "This fry tastes like shit, man. It really isn't yep. that good." Without without my soda and my burger, 
And I bet if I and I and I know for sure if I just drink a soda on my own, I feel like shit. And I bet if I sat down there and just ate a McDonald's burger alone, I I know I've had a I know I've had a, a double cheeseburger, and that thing is built like shit. So it's just, but when you put it all together, and it's a you know you're in a mindset, it it all you know it's it, we call it we have grub buds right and we call it we it's good slop right it's just slop at that point right. you're right that, and that's what and why would you put slop and continue to put slop in your body when you can put this high premium food in in today's world where you have this access to a vast food network to be putting slop into your body is just there's no excuse for it anymore right and we didn't and we didn't break down his diet uh on the micro level but i know i know what he's eating and, and you know he's not it's not like I got to have organic or fucking grass fed or, you know, he's not doing it. He's just getting shit from the grocery store and him and his wife are turning it in to great meals, right. vegetables, meat, a uh, minimal amount of carbs, brown rice, quinoa, that kind of thing. He shouted out uh, a diet that we've had on this show. We talked, we've talked about the Mediterranean diet. We know that's yep. the best diet. We know that's the one that's recommended by cardiologists. And that, and now we even have the, that it came from a cardiologist that his cardiologist said, yes, that's the right, right. diet to be doing. Yes, you are the doing mod- the right thing. You're doing the Mediterranean, but without even the white rice and, and, and the, empty, the empty carbs, right? The not whole, yeah. not, yeah. The not whole, the not the complex carbs. He's still doing complex carbs, but he's not doing the throwaway white bread, nothing carbs. He took, yeah, he took the Mediterranean diet and went, ah, that is too much good food on that. I'm going to cut out egg yolks and I'm going to cut out white rice and potatoes and yeah. all that stuff. So, um, okay. So I don't even know what diet you're going to do. I don't, we haven't even talked about what your plan of action is. But here's what I'm going to do, Truman. I need, a, I need a week to get ready. I need a week to get my mindset right. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to flip the switch okay. for one month. For one month, not a week. I'm going to flip the switch for one fucking month. And I want to okay. see what happens. All I right. See. I've I've been doing dry January, so I'm I, I'm 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 with you. Anyway. I've been flipping switches all over the place. Was that right? No no liquor in January. Yeah, I I'm going to a conference, so there will be some expectation of having a couple of drinks at the conference. So I'll probably I, I we we've joked that I'm just I'm not going to drink while I'm in <laughs> while I'm in town while I'm in Kansas City. I'm not having alcohol. It's like when I go out of town for this conference, and you have to schmooze a little bit, and people will take you out to hospitality events. I'll have a couple of drinks out there and whatnot, but yeah, for the most part, it's a dry January and especially in Kansas city. Okay. All right. Very good. Pr- uh, proud of you. I mean, I don't, I don't think you, I don't think you had a problem, but, uh, uh, you know, again, there's a lot of kids in there, a lot of guys in their mid twenties that are hitting it pretty good. And I think you're hitting it pretty good, you know? Yeah. Right. I mean, we, and like, and like, you know, everybody, you know, everybody in your family did buddy. Right. Well, everybody. Tina, Tina kind of started where she's like, I've, we've been drinking the last like week and or two when we've been out of town and we got home where she's like, I feel like shit, man. She's like, I'm sick. Right. I, and I think it's the drinking. She's like, I would like to stop drinking. And I was like, okay, that's yeah, let's stop. I'll, say, I'll, I'll tell you this. I've got some friends that are like even older than I am, like yeah. mid sixties and they still hit it hard. Like I've got a, I got a buddy of mine. I saw him at a concert a couple of years ago, him and his wife, they're just fucking ripped, just absolutely ripped. I'm like, what are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? But you know what? People probably see me and go, hey, you're still fucking fat. What are you doing? What are you, what are you still eating like that for? You, you know, a, you have a whole show about not doing this anymore, right? What's right. I mean, the, the only difference is I'm not staggering around in, at a concert. Well, the thing is, you know, I'm, need, I'm, I'm waddling around at a concert. Yeah, if I got if I got skinnier, then where? How am I supposed to get five more views on YouTube? I, you know, I don't know, man. <laughs> Um, so what are you, what are you going to do for a diet? Um, going to flip the switch? Just mostly flipping the switch. Yes. You're just getting back, getting back in it, you know, not, you know, fucking stop fucking around with this. It's not, it's, you know, talk about the diet that we've been doing. It's, you know, the low carb, high protein, low fat, or, you know, normal fat. Right. You know, doing absolutely what we talked about. Track calories, 1800, 1800 calories, 80. 80 carbs, not cheating on the weekend, not, you know. Yeah. And I didn't absolutely. and I didn't ask him this. I think I know the answer. I think I've asked him before. He doesn't track a goddamn thing. Oh, he doesn't sure. fucking tra- track nothing. Right. He just eats healthy and when he's full he stops eating. You know, then or you have dinner, that's what's for dinner and you eat it, you know. 
that's been my biggest uh, success the last week is just not eating when I'm not hungry. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for that too. Or and your mom's a big proponent of. Uh, by the way, we're going to start doing mom's minutes again, so that'll be good. Yeah. Um, but it's you're going to. Uh, it's a situation where uh, she's always been a big proponent of stopping eating uh, before you're full. Like when you feel 75, 80% full, because it takes time for your body to register for all that food that you've just eaten to register that it's there. Mm -hmm. So uh, she's a big proponent of doing that. So uh, anyway, so that's, that's exciting. I'm excited to get back on the trip. Um, yeah. You got anything else? No, nope. Uh, just the, right. normal, the normal shout outs. Hey, follow us on Twitter, uh, at Steam Machine, at Steen Roller, as we are always just making jokes about Steam and Steen. Uh, <laughs> Gary, Gary pointed that out before we recorded. But uh, also, yeah, hey, if you're watching here on YouTube, uh, Open Disaster Productions, we appreciate a like and subscribe, a follow. If you're over there on Spotify, we appreciate you guys checking, uh, you know, rating, uh, following, liking that as well. I believe there's a little like Q&A section. You can answer questions and tell us what you thought about the episode. I was going to say, do us a favor, If you even if you don't normally comment, uh, I know Gary's going to be checking this out. Drop a comment to Gary and tell him thanks for doing the show and tell, and tell him what you thought about his story. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that'd be cool. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I'm ready, buddy. I'm, I'm ready. I've, I've got it. I've got it. Fuck it. I'm, it's mapped out, man. The plan, is, the plan is there. I just have to execute it. I just have to, uh, what do you call it? Flip the switch. Flip the switch. Flip the switch, Scott. That's what we're going to do here. Uh, guys, we really appreciate you for being here. Appreciate you for hanging out. Uh, again, I've been Truman's Steam Machine. Steam, that's been Scott, the Steam Rollers team. Guys, we'll see you next week. Uh, appreciate you. Take care, everybody. Welcome back.